And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WJR Radio, Michael Harry, DetroitLions.com as we talk Detroit Lions football, NFL football, the draft, Redskins being sold, dogs and cats playing together. A lot of excitement going on this week in the NFL. Hello, Mike. Dogs and hats. Dogs and cats playing with each other. Playing together. Playing together. Not playing with each other. Playing together. Yes, well, indeed. Very, very good. Yes, I'm glad, indeed. I'm glad, I'm glad I stayed up for this. Yes, indeed. Well, like I said, next time owner's craft um, broke to me about a player or whatever, I just want to remember that Daniel Snyder got $6.5 billion for a team he paid $800 mil for, what, 20 years ago, and the value of these teams is skyrocketing. So, don't cry poor to me from now on. Yeah, but he's leaving with the money. He's not leaving to operate the franchise with that money. He's taking it with him. I'm just saying what the valuable franchise is now, Mike. Okay. You can leverage those things. You can take loans against them. I mean, you can do anything. That's your money. That's these franchises' money now. Yeah. So the money's there. I don't hear any crying broke. By these owners anymore about player salaries, okay? Well, who's, well, who's crying? No, wait, wait, oh, there's who's always crying somebody broke. crying broke about player salaries. Oh, we're paying Maybe these one. guys too much. Maybe, and, Maybe, oh, one. we're paying these guys too much. And uh, 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 Lamar Jackson's <laughs> asked for this, and 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 Deshaun Watson shouldn't get a guaranteed deal because it's just I don't want to I don't want to hear any more about that stuff. I don't want to hear any more about it. Watson got the guarantee. That's what I'm saying. But now they're talking about they can't be done again and we can't do this and that because of this and that. I don't want to hear any financial crying from owners from this point on. What about from players? I don't want to hear from them either. But I do understand when they can't get their value and want to get out. I understand them leaving. But I don't want to hear the crying about it. The value is is as much as they can get. Oh, we got an owner's man here. Okay. I didn't know know who I was talking to today. I'm sorry. I, just, I thought I thought we were being objective here today. When you when you say that, you're certainly right. You didn't know. I didn't know. I thought that the okay. I'm a I'm a free enterprise guy. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can tell. Anyway, the Redskins have been sold, and evidently, by talking to people in the last day or two, Dave Snyder was a piece of work, man. I I really never paid attention to it because you know I, I could care less about the Redskins like I could care less about Green Bay Packers, but. Evidently, yeah, he he really took that franchise down in the time he owned it. Yeah, he really did. It was uh, look that was that was one of the landmark franchises, at least through the eighties and nineties, and when they won three Super Bowls and just a, a good team, good guys, personality, all that, and it all just you know just just disappeared on him. It really didn't, and didn't have to, but it did. Yeah. I mean, being in Washington, being that whatever whatever you want to call it, but that market to be there. You ought to make a fortune. You really should. And then you'd go there now. The stadium's half empty or half full, whatever you want to, whichever way you want to put it. It's just, it's it's just a really good franchise that's falling apart. I wonder is the sale or imminent sale, and I'm sure it'll probably be done before the. Well, I don't know about before the draft, but at least before the probably training camp. But I'm assuming. Does the owner or the new owner, if they've already agreed in, in terms, even though it's not officially finished, do you think they'll have any say or input into the draft process? The new owners? Yeah. Depends on when they take over. Well, I'm saying even if they're not taking over but they've agreed to them in principle, do you think yeah. they will be consulted on moves? And I, if I was buying a team, even though I didn't officially have it and I still had an agreement in principle, I would want to be consulted on what they're doing. Well, I mean, if they have a, a general manager and all that who does that job, I would think that they would let him do his job, whether they whether they owned the print, whether they were the owner for 
10 years, 20 years, or 10 minutes, I think they would, you know, in, in the end, obviously with an oversight of the ownership, but I think that they would defer to the general manager's insight. Well, at least I, I would think so. Yeah, but I, I, the guy who owns, he owns the Philadelphia 76ers, Joe Harris. Correct. And um, he's not the kind of guy that defers. If you looked at what the Sixers have done and even with, you know, he owns, I think he owns three teams now, right? Doesn't he own a hockey team too? So uh, he might, uh, um, I think he's a, his own kind of man. And I was just wondering, you know, even if he doesn't officially own the team, but he's like, hey, we have no quarterback. If there's one there, I want you guys to get him. I wonder, does he have any type of say or input? Well, I would say if he has the if he's the owner, he has the ultimate input. Yeah, but he won't be owner in two weeks. Right. Is my point. But he'll be owner. He'll in principle, he'll be a you know. Right. I'm just wondering, do they even talk to him? But I tell you what, if the guy was going to be my incoming boss, even though he wasn't officially the boss yet, and I knew it was going to happen, I I'd listen to him. Oh, absolutely. Of yeah. course. Why would you defy him? Yeah. So, I wonder does that change anything about their draft process? Because uh, that team, to me. They're, they need a quarterback. You know, Taylor Heineke's well, okay. More than that, but yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, look, they made moves to get quarterbacks, and none of them have worked. Right, but it's time to move again. And speaking of quarterbacks, it looks now, as everybody's talking, Adam Schefter even said, forget about everything else. Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick. It sure has changed over the last time we did this podcast to now from Stroud to look like Bryce Young has moved back ahead. And I've always thought Bryce Young was the better quarterback than C.J. Stroud, so I'm not surprised by it. I don't care how big he is. He's the better quarterback, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be the number one pick, the way it looks. Yeah, it sure, it sure looks that way now. You know, look, I, in my last mock draft, I had it just the other way. I had, you know, C.J. Stroud of, of Ohio State going number one only because of the size issue. You know, 6'3", 215 over – Five ten, I guess, and you know what? What does he weigh? Eighty five pounds, right? Two oh four. He doesn't weigh two oh four. You know that, right? But two oh four official listed yeah, combine recorded, weight. Right. Might be his recorded weight, right? But, uh, or as one of the guys said on Get Up on ESPN yesterday morning or the morning before, yeah, he said he was carrying a ten pound, <laughs> <laughs> ten pound iron slab around with him and a bag of two bags of nickels in his pockets. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it, look, he's a better quarterback. I'm just sorry. I, I've I've seen I more, Stroud. I think he's more skillful. Yeah. He's yeah. He's a better quarterback, and, I, and he's had the better career in college. To me, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. The only the only negative you can put on him is size. And um, the way they protect quarterbacks these days now, maybe he won't play 15 years at that size, but you can get a good career in at that size. Now they don't touch these guys like they used to. I mean, it was back in Bradshaw's day where. Turkey Joneses were running around. I'd say, okay, maybe size is a, a mat, matters way, way more than now. So I'd take them. If I can get 10 years out of a, a draft pick, I'm, I'm fine. Well, I'm going to make you howl on this one. But as you remember, Eddie, Eddie LeBaron, no. 5'7", 170 pounds, played 13 years in the National Football League, most of them as a starter. Yeah. What year was that, Mike? Back. I think it was 1950 through 1973. Okay. I told I told you when we come <laughs> on this show. I told you when we started these podcasts. We got a 1980. We'll, I'll go back as far as 75. We will not go past that backwards. <laughs> Remember, that's the rule. 75 and up. And he also played at the College of the Pacific. Okay, the is that college still there? Well, the Pacific. Is. <laughs> I know the Pacific. Yeah. Is the college still there? Oh, Kenny, this was just for you. I, nah, up just I for appreciate you. it. Uh, speaking of that, 
Jeff Akuda has traded since the last time we did a podcast. And I told you, but you never listen to me. I told you they're not going to take a $5 million backup on the team. It's just it's not fiscally right, and they're not going to do it. And I knew that if he wasn't going to start or be in the you know, playing time mix at nickel or whatever, they were going to move him or cut him. And I, they found a team that would take him. A lot of people were upset they only got a fifth-round pick back. But Jalen Ramsey, who's an all-pro, only got back a third-round pick. So uh, it seems that was a, a decent trade back. I mean, it was the, you got something back for him. You could have got nothing. Well, you know, he's on a – and Brad Holmes is on a really pretty good roll in what he's, who's, what he's been drafted. He's been getting – you know, he's been getting value and production up and down the line there. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't scoff at him getting a fifth-round pick, a fifth-round pick or, you know, whatever. But, but you know, it's, it's too bad in a way. First of all, his career really never got off the ground like it should have been. Uh, his, rookie, his rookie year wasn't quite a washout. He played nine games with four starts before going out for the year with an injury. And the second year, he played you know part of the first half. The starting cornerback went out for the year with a with with a, an Achilles injury. And then last year, you know, he started 15 games, played pretty well for a while, but. But there was never anything dynamic about him on the field. Kid. No, it really wasn't. He's just look, a, he's I, just a guy. I never saw anything, even the first year, um, before he got hurt. I just never saw the. You, you know, when you see a player that that flashes, even if they don't flash the whole year, or whatever, you see flashes of why you drafted a first round pick. I just thought he was a decent player. I just never saw anything. I agree with that, and the, you know, part of it about him is that just look. I never saw the, the, the big plays. One thing about him, wasn't afraid to mix it up. He'd get in there and hit. He'd do that, but you want a little more out of your cornerbacks than just you know supporting the run. You want him to see him make some plays in space. You want to see him get to the ball. And I, as I recall, I think he had two interceptions and both run deflections. If I'm not not mistaken on that, one as a rookie, and then one last year. Uh, yeah, he made that so diving one against Arizona. I remember that first year. Well, I was on a deflective Yeah, ball, but it was a dive. It he made a like, dive. Nice play. I remember that in the, in the well, Justin I mean, Fields. Like a, coverage, a, a, a coverage snap. Yeah, and the Justin or, Fields touchdown pick, was yeah. the other one, which I don't know if that was deflected, Mike. I think it was just a bad throw, wasn't it? The Justin Fields well, touchdown. Kind of flung it up Yeah, he just threw it up there. But, you know, like I said, he's gone now, so we let him go. Another wasted third round, third pick. But I, this is what I like about Brad Holmes as a GM. Bring your own players. And I, I've always said that when you're a coach – or when you're a GM, not a coach, but if you're a GM and you come to a job, don't try to patch up the last person's thing. Bring your own team in. And this is – Brad is the first one to do it. He got, he got rid of the quarterback, even though the quarterback forced the issue. So he's going to make his own team from the time he gets here, and he's going to put his guys in there. That's what they do in basketball, the successful teams. That's what they need to do in football. Trying to patch somebody else's team up, it just it just well, rarely works. Let me back up on something when you said they do it in basketball. It's the other way around. The basketball players go look for their own team. That's what they do. That's, that's basketball. Yeah, but the GMs when they no. when teams when GMs come in, Mike, they bring their own people in. They bring their own coach, and then he brings it. He he builds his team around who he wants to. You know, he doesn't. Say well, I got eleven guys. Like I'm taking Stan Van Gundy's guys, and I'm just gonna add one more player to it, and we're gonna win. That that doesn't work. You gotta you gotta make you gotta your own vision. And I like Brad Holmes. This is Brad Holmes' vision. This is not Bob Quinn's vision. And that's what I like about well, what he's done. Just one thing. The one thing I would 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 
hoped that he would stick with him. That's the offensive line that they pretty much inherited. It's one of the best in the league, and what they've added to it is really has made it better. It's a, that is really a that is really a well put together unit. It really is. Yeah. I think they've got eight quality starters on that team. Right. Eight players that could be quali- You know, could be starters. You know, five legit starters and three guys, three backups who could start. Well, like I said, his vision is is Brad Holmes' vision is strong on both sides of the ball on the line, and I like that vision of a team. You know, I think um, he's that's the way you build a team, and I think because of the strong offensive line, it makes Jared Goff better. Who I'm not the greatest fan of. I don't hate him, but I just think he's he's above an average quarterback. But that line makes it even better for him, and it's the perfect marriage. So I just think what Brad Holmes is doing now is perfect for what they need. And this draft will show me more on his vision, I think, because this is a draft you're going into where you don't have to – you're not forced to take any position. you just really taking players that you want to add into your team because they could play a game tomorrow without without this draft and be fine. No, I would think so. I mean, obviously you want the players, but I don't disagree with that. But uh, I just think this is a draft that, you know, pretty much round for round, including the first round, you can let the draft board come to you. You don't have to go out there and panic and, you know, make a, you know, some three-cornered trade and, a, you know, and a give back and all this other stuff. You, you you can pretty much do what you want to do. I mean, to, you know, to some, within reason, of course, but but I think it's, it's I think what the Lions have done the last two years and some of what they inherited and kept, they're in a really good spot. I mean, a really, really good spot for the, I don't think they've been in this this kind of shape since maybe the 1990s when they had you know all those you know Pro Bowl players and all pros and all that. But they got really a really good, really good outfit now. Well, that's another thing too. I I've you know I've changed mm-hmm. my mind draft wise every week, but I've come down to this new conclusion. They have four picks in the first two rounds right now. If you told me I could have four. Red chip players, which are good players, starter caliber players, or I could have two blue chip players. Give me the two blue chip players. So I hope they can move around the board, get two good blue chip chip players in that first two rounds. And I'm, what I mean, if you got to trade a second round pick to move up, or you got to trade, you know, uh, your 18 pick and move up with a second round pick or a third round pick, whatever, to get two blue chip players out of this first round, I'd be happy. Well, that would be hard to do because this is not a, a draft that's deep at blue chip players. So, how many blue chip players do you think are in this draft? Five, maybe six at the most. Okay, if I can get two of those six, <laughs> I'm happy. Lots of luck. Well, I'm like, right. It's a lot of luck. And the other, the other teams that are drafted, they don't want them. Yeah, but something like the like the Cardinals. The Cardinals might want them, but. The situation they're in, they probably need more red chip players. They probably would take quantity over quality right now because they're not one blue chip. One blue chip player is not going to help them. The Houston team, if Houston's not taking a quarterback, they they would move off to take to get more players because these guys are rebuilding. So there's possibilities. I know it's not probable, but it is possible that some of these teams might want to trade out. Well, obviously they'll do anything, you know, anything to improve the. You know, look, 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 look what the Bears have done already. Traded away the number one pick. What? I think, I think that ago? was a mistake. Yeah, I think that was a mistake, and I think they're gonna, they're gonna rule the day. They traded so far out of number one. I don't have a problem trading number one out, Mike, but 
going from one to nine, what did they really end up getting? They got a lot of picks, but did they did they get a, a blue chipper? Well, here's the thing with the Bears, and 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 do I think they're going to get one? Well, you never know until they, we get them on the field. But I think they're, you know, for, they're thinking from at least it would be mine if this is if this is what I was doing, this would be my thinking. Three of those slots are going to be taken up by by quarterbacks. Okay, so you're really talking about five players ahead of you because they're not taking a quarterback. They've got Fields, so there's three quarter, maybe four quarterbacks. You know, who knows? But three at least are going to be gone. So you're really talking about five players ahead of you, and you've got the sixth pick for what you want. And and I think that's it makes it a little more palatable. You're not going that far down because of a, the quarterbacks that are in this draft, or at least I should say the teams that want quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not buying that though because we're not sure that two of those quarterbacks are going to go before nine. Well, who knows? But I'm just saying, if you're the Bears, that's that's what you're thinking. Yeah, but that's that's the risk, don't you think? You had a blue chip player in your possession. And now you're going on a hope that one will be there. Well, right, you're going to get a lesser player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but I just think nine, one to nine, was too far to go back. They should have went back to like four with Indy or something like that. And but we'll see. Like I said, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. But I'm in the I'm in the the blue chip player thing. This this is my whole thing for the next two weeks because difference making players make up for a lot of things on the football field. And if I'm the Lions and I got the ammo now. If if I if it's a chance for me to go up and get Anderson, if I want to roll the dice on a Jalen Carter, those are probably the two blue chip nine quarterback players to me. Or if you think one of the quarterbacks is a blue chipper, then this is the time to do it. This is your opportunity. You're never gonna have four picks in the first two rounds again, probably for you know ten years, or whatever. It's just the the stars lined up for you this draft. I don't. I don't. Like I said, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But I just. I, I view it. Like I said, what the way I think the Bears would view it is that those. You know, there's going to be players that they don't want that are going to be ahead of them, and it makes the pick that they're going to get. You know, slightly better. It's not going to be a, maybe a world beater, but it's going to be a little bit better than you would in an ordinary year. Right. So, like I said, the pick is six. Um, we're two weeks off. A lot of visits were made. Quarterback Stroud came in to visit this week, which is one of the 30 visits. I know a lot of people were, you know, speculating the Lions might take a quarterback. I think they were just doing their due diligence, though. You know, you, you got 30 visits. Why not use one on hey, anybody anybody who could possibly fall to you? And put it like this. If that draft came and the Lions took a quarterback, I wouldn't fall off a chair in surprise the way I was when they took Hawkinson or Jelani Tavai. I remember at that draft, I was at Allen Park when that happened, and I fell off my chair with that pick. But anything that they pick now, I'm not shocked by because they could go anywhere. Well, I think with you know, I don't think they're going to take an offensive lineman. Although I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset at that. I think he's got a good, he's got a good offensive line, better than good. And you know, drafting an offensive lineman would just give you depth to keep a good unit, you know, to keep it good in case of injury. Right. I know Brad Holmes. Go ahead. I'm not saying that's the first thing I would do, but I wouldn't scoff at it either. No. I know um, Dan Campbell was on Rich Eisen's show. I saw a clip of it, and he said there were some players that – I don't, I don't want to use the right term. I think he said uh, players that excite him, those players that he, he really liked. I mean, it, you know, attitude-wise, whatever, were there guys in his draft like that, and he didn't say who they were, but he said – 
these are guys that get me going. That's what he used, get me going. So maybe maybe an offensive lineman would get him going and he would take him. But the way he said it, he said, we're open to anything. And I'm open to anything too as long as it's a blue chip player. I'm happy for that because, like I said, your team is ready to contend for a title this year. And if you got players, an individual player that can win a game for you individually on the roster, then that's the better for you. And I just – like that Anderson from Alabama, I, I spend the, the assets to go up and get him if he's available. I mean, I just think him – he's a difference-making player that can win a game for you by himself. Well, I don't know about by himself, but, yeah, he certainly could make a big play for you, yeah. Yeah. But so. that's – First of all, who's to say he's going to be available? But you, I'd find out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up too much. But right. Give up something. Right. So, well, it's two weeks from now, Mike. Uh, anything that surprised <laughs> you with the rumors or anything guys coming in that surprised you about the draft process? No, not really. You know, it's it's been pretty pretty predictable. I think I was. You know, I've been working at home those last couple of days up in my little office, if that's what you want to call it. I'm you know going through going through different things. I got the radio on and they're talking about they're doing mock drafts on the radio. I just I just think that I just think the, the National Football League down to the to the draft has just kind of consumed us at times. And I think this this year's this year's draft is just another example of that of how far people will go just to be part of the action. Just to, you know, these mock drafts and not just be but, you know, the, the average fan out there. Uh they, they want to be part of the action. And it's it's the National Football League has got a great thing going right now. Well, they know how to milk it. And usually yeah, absolutely. They, they used to put the schedule out before the draft. Then it became after the draft. I wonder they haven't, I haven't seen it on NFL Network yet when the, the draft will be coming out. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the, the appeal now or whatever it is. You don't know when it's yeah. coming out. So you've got to be, yeah. be on alert for the, for the schedule. But they usually put a couple games out before the draft, like the open at night game or something. So you'll probably see something next week on the draft part. Oh, and, I hope so, yeah. Yeah, and, so. and see what's going on. They invited 17 players to the draft, and no, usually those players they invite, they don't want to be sitting in that room at the end of the first night. So that tells you exactly who they think those top 17 out of the first 32 are. So all four quarterbacks were in it. Um, Caleb, the Kansas kid was not one of the 17, which interests me because I've seen draft picks. That's the pit defensive tackle that has been going up and down according to you know, who you're listening to. Um, I seen him go as high as nine. He wasn't invited to the green room, so that's interesting to me. I, I thought he might have slipped into the first half of the first round guy. Well, you know, I've got, you know, I've had him going to the Lions at eighteen, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, you know, if he goes either way. He could go obviously higher, lower, or right on the number. But he certainly is an intriguing prospect. I mean, he's a heck of an athlete. You know, he's, and it's, you know, I think he fits a position where the Detroit Lions could use him, but. But but really realistically, do the Lions need a 281 pound defensive tackle, nose tackle, or whatever you would play interior defensive lineman? One thing about him, he's a, you know he's everything you read about him is that he's a really explosive athlete, and that could help the Lions in the middle, help the defense in the middle. Yeah, but at 281, you're a rotation guy unless you're Aaron Donald, and he's well, not Aaron Donald. Just about just well, just about all linemen. Are yeah, but I mean rotation, rotation where you're not gonna he you're not gonna play him a lot every game because he'll be wore out by the eighth game if, at 281. Aaron Donald is a different that's a that's a different animal right there. That's 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 once every 15 year guy right there that you see that could and Aaron Donald's still bigger than he was when he uh, came into college. 
I mean, came out of college. Because uh, you could just look at his definition as muscularity. He's gotten, you know, stronger and bigger, and he's that guy now. So, but we'll, well see. Yeah, the guy who's, you know, some of the, the combine results were almost identical yeah. For, yeah. For, for the two players. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing how close they look. Except for his Aaron Donald had the, the, the ten split and arms were, like, longer, and that was one of the things that I noticed when I put the two up against each other. A lot of the running numbers and stuff were the same, but – Aaron Donald had those longer arms, and if you're gonna be that small, you definitely need those arms because you gotta you push and pull guys and get them off you. And people think that doesn't make a difference. That makes a big difference. Well, that's one thing Tyree Wilson's got for him. He's got. Oh my <laughs> goodness, man! He could man. probably that's something. He probably could pat the left tackle and right tackle on the butt in the middle of the huddle. I mean, geez, he can go from side to. I got a feeling. I'm glad you brought him like up. A U2, he looks like he looks like a U two to me. He's gonna go higher than people are talking. I just got a feeling on him. That's my feeling. And well, they're mean, talking in the six seven much. range. Yeah. But I think he's gonna go higher. I just got a feeling that when it all comes to sitting and, and put it like this, I would not be surprised. I know it might not happen. I would not be surprised if he goes before the linebacker Anderson. The linebacker Anderson from Arkansas? From Alabama. Alabama? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. They thought the linebacker. You mean the, 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 the pass rusher? Yeah. Well, I call him a linebacker, but he's a pass rusher, linebacker, DN. I'm I, sorry. That's timeout. We need a definition of terms here. Right. <laughs> I, was, I, was thinking of, I was thinking of the guy from Arkansas. No, that's Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. Too, right? Yeah, Drew Sanders, who I like. I do, too. But, I, like I said, I don't know about linebacker. At 18, maybe. Maybe. I like him. All right, Mike, uh, so that's going to be it for this week. We're going to get in next week when it's one week away, and we're really going to get down into it because the rumors will be flying. I'm sure there will be some trades Absolutely. made. There will be some other things going on. We'll we'll really cover the draft. I think we'll have a guest next week, too, a draft guest, and we'll get right yeah. into what's going on. Yeah, we'll okay. have a guest. So, see, you to serve lunch? Yeah, sure. So see Michael here on DetroitLions.com <laughs> for his uh, mock draft. What mock are we on now, Mike, 4.5, 5.5? Uh, 4.0 will be coming out in 11 days. I think 11 days. All right. And then we'll talk here on the Mitch Album Show where we'll be talking to some of the key players with the draft, uh, listening every day because I'm sure there will be some Lions talk going on. And uh, I'll see you next week. All right, Mikey. All right, Ken Brown. All right. Thank you.